Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Ezekiel chapter 1, there's a lot of special guests in our service today and in the near future we'll be able to introduce them to you, but they're special, they know who they are. And they know I am grateful that they are here, and you'll discover them later on. Ezekiel chapter 1, I'm going to go to verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 3. Now, as I preach today, I'm going to prophetically declare and decree some things over you and your family. Now, what that means is we are about to give you a prediction of your future. Diction is words. Pre means before. So we're going to word your future before you arrive in your future. All right? Tell your neighbor, this is a setup. This is a setup. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, it came to pass in the 30th year, the heavens were opened. Let that resonate with you. The heavens were opened. Let it resonate one more time. The heavens were opened. And I saw visions of God. Look at verse 3. The word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel. Look at the bottom of verse number 3. The hand of the Lord was there upon him. The hand of the Lord was there upon him. Heavens were opened. I saw visions of God, the word of the Lord came expressly, and the hand of the Lord was there. I'm going to preach today a message entitled, Open Heavens. Say those two words, Open Heaven. Lift your hands, please, one more time. Father, we thank you that there is an open heaven over this sanctuary. Now, we came with an anointing that would be aggressive in the mode of advancing your kingdom. For the kingdom of God serveth violence, and the violent take it by force. So I thank you for a militant anointing in this building today. I ask you to invigorate your people, inspire your people, enlighten your people, and encourage your people. Do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. Now, I know you've been up, down, praising, clapping, shouting, and all of that all day. But before I embark on this word, I need to hear you give Jesus Christ one more big old praise. Come on, y'all. Bless your name, Jesus. Now. Come on, Jamie. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true. Y'all remember that song? Come on, Jamie. Lord, prepare me yeah. to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. Let that be your prayer. And tried and true. And with thanksgiving. I'll be a living.
every hand lifted. Let's sing it just one more time. Lord, prepare me. come to you this morning as a man with a message. I did not say that I come to you this morning as a pastor with a sermon. I did not say I come to you as a pastor with a sermon. I come to you this morning as a man with a message. My heart is for the church. Specifically the church Ecclesia of Jesus Christ. The church that he said he will build. You know that church. The church that he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That church. It's very clear scripturally that the church is built upon two things. The revelation of the Christ and a relationship with that Christ. That's how the church is built. However, it seems to me that relationships horizontally have taken precedence over relationship vertically. In other words, in the time we're living in, leaders are spending more time teaching us how to get along with each other than they are teaching us how to move along with Christ. Both of them are purposeful. One is paramount. One is the greatest. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Get it right this way. And the second is like that one. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. With that Being the matter at hand, allow me to get to the matter on my heart. Today's service from this point forward will be totally spiritual. Okay, I am not here to give you practical ideologies on how to get along with the person sitting next to you or anyone else in this building. I'm not here to talk about your relationship with them. I'm here to talk about your relationship with him. Are you with me so far? So today, 
Point the gaze of your soul to heaven. Direct the desire of your heart toward God. Turn your worry into worship. Turn your pain into praise. Look up. When you see everything that is happening according to how Jesus said it would happen in Matthew 24, nation shall rise against nation. And he tells you all the sign of the closing of the cosmos. He says when all of that begins to come to complete summation, I've got two words for you. Look up. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. I'm going to use it as an example today. This prophet named Ezekiel, we're going to peer into his mind for the next few moments. And he's in a season of captivity in Ezekiel chapter 1. He's in a season of confusion. How can the people of God be captive? How can the people of God be imprisoned? And there, by the river of Kabar, he sees heaven open up and things begin to transpire in his spirit. In chapter 1, verse number 1, he decides to look tell you one thing you're going to do today before you leave, you're going to look up. Too many people have been looking down. You're going to look up today. God is good. It came to pass that the heavens were open. I prophesy right now to every person in this building today, get ready for an open heaven. Now, if my pastor just prophesied that over me and my life, I'm going to give God some kind of praise. I'm going to prophesy over you and your family. Get ready for an open heaven. The heavens were open. When I read that, my question immediately became, if heaven opened, does that mean it was closed? Or another question would be, what closes heaven over us? Number one, can it be closed? And then number two, what would make it close? The answer is found in Deuteronomy 11 and verse 16. God says, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the Lord's wrath would be kindled against you and he would shut up the heaven. The signs of a shut up heaven would be there would be no rain and the land would yield not her fruit lest you perish quickly off the good land which the Lord gives you. So how does heaven close and does heaven close at all? The answer is explicit. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, when he says, do not be deceived. Jesus said in the end time, the time we're living in, the very elect would be deceived. 
Now I'm here to warn you there's only one thing that runs at the speed of revelation that challenges the speed of revelation that competes with the speed of revelation and that is the speed of deception. Deception is always subtle but it is always quick. Corruption takes time. Deception takes a moment. There's this insinuation in Scripture that there is your heaven over your head. Let me explain myself. You can cause that heaven to be shut, and you can cause that heaven to be open. Deuteronomy 28, 15 is where we find it. It shall come to pass that if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord to observe his commandments and statutes which I command you, all these curses, nobody preaches on this. We want to act like the devil sends curses. But God said if you don't hearken to my voice, my commandments, and my statutes, all these curses will overtake you. But when you skip down to verse 23, he says, here's the result. Your heaven that is over your head shall be brass, and the earth that is under you shall be iron. In other words, there could be a closed heaven over this person, and the person right next to them are experiencing an open heaven. You could be on an open heaven, and your neighbor is under a closed heaven. How do we move from a closed heaven to an open heaven? The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 35, when heaven is shut up and there's no rain because of the sin you've committed, if you will pray toward this place and confess his name and turn from your sin then he will hear you in heaven forgive your sin and then you can teach the people the good way now listen what he is saying here number one is there must be a relationship with the house there must be a relationship with him for you to have a relationship with heaven and he says if you've got a relationship with the house God's house. He said if you pray toward that house and you repent of your sin, the heaven that was shut above you will be now a heaven that is open above you. But you can't separate the house from heaven. That's why Jacob said this is Bethel and he saw angels ascending and descending on a ladder to heaven. Because the house was connected to heaven. Bethel is the house of God. And the angels were ascending and descending where? At Bethel. Can I tell you something today? That God is bringing stuff up from earth and bringing things down from heaven. Why? Because there's an open heaven always over his house. So now Solomon says if you'll pray toward the house, God will open the heaven that was previously shut. If you do what? If you 
prayer. What a discipline. The most some of you have prayed this week is, Lord, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul will keep. Say the rest of it. If I should die, I pray the Lord. Y'all knew that all too well. Prayer is God's expectation of you. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. He didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray. Prayer is the key to keeping heaven open over your life. When I looked at Luke chapter 3, verse 21, all the people were baptized. And it came to pass that Jesus was being baptized, listen to it, and praying that heaven was open. We all preach that when Jesus was baptized, heaven opened, and a voice came out of heaven that said, This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. But we never read, and he was praying. Jesus was baptized and praying, and the heaven was opened. When I saw that today, I said, Lord, would you please fill Quest Church with praying people? Oh, you ought to give God praise right there because if we ever, if we ever get a praying church, you will run principalities and powers and rulers and spiritual authorities up out of Norman, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. You'll run demons out of this entire state if we could ever get to a place where we pray. Jesus being baptized prayed and the heaven opened. I'm going to ask you a very simple question based on what I've preached thus far. What opens heaven? Prayer. Now, if we can just get you to pray. I've learned also, it's not just prayer that opens heaven. And I, I'm going to skip through this pretty quickly because if I get on this, we're going to preach all day. I've learned this. Not just when I'm praying does heaven open, but when I'm going through hell. And I look up, I find heaven open. Acts chapter 7. The Bible says they are persecuting Stephen in verse 55. But he was full of the Holy Ghost. You can persecute a man that is full of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you what his immediate response is going to be. He's not going to look down. He's going to look up. 
And he looked steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Now, we know the Bible says he sits on the right hand of God and he ever lives to make intercession for you according to the book of Hebrews. But can I tell you that when you are going through more than you can bear, he don't sit and pray, he stands and prays. And I came by to tell you today, if you're going through the worst time in your life, this is a good time for you to look up and see an open heaven over your head and see the Son of God standing at the right hand of his Father praying for you. Tell your neighbor, he's sitting today. He is standing today. shout God is for me now if he will stand up for you if he will stand up and intercede for you can you please tell me what in the world is able to take you out when you know instinctively where to look when you are in trouble I'm going to tell you one more time lift up your head today look up because the heaven is open over you and Jesus is standing up for you today. What does an open heaven even mean? I'm about done, but I'm gonna shame every devil that's even close to this place. It's time for the people of God to get your shoulders square, get a strut in your stride, Walk your salvation out. You are anointed. You are appointed. You are authorized. You are sanctified. Talk back to me. You're about to walk into the greatest phase of your destiny. And you're not walking under a closed heaven. You are walking under a open heaven. Which means you have heavenly privilege. You have heavenly provision. You have heavenly inheritance. You have heavenly access. You have heavenly abundance. You have heavenly favor. You have heavenly blessing. You have heavenly fruitfulness. The question is, when he looked up and he saw heaven open, what was the first thing in his perspective? Lord, help the people hear this word. Heaven was open. And help the preacher get some energy from being so tired. Please, Lord, we ask thee. In Jesus' name. Give the old man some juice, Lord. He said, I looked up. And the heaven was open. And in that open heaven. Listen what he saw. He said, I saw visions of God. I prayed that for you today. Lift your hands, please. I prophesy to you today that you're going to see visions of God. Now put your hands down and bring your heart here. You're about to see visions of God. He did not say visions from God. Talk to me. He said visions 
of God. So many people, Lord, give me a vision. God, give me a vision. And God's saying, look at me. We always make vision about us. But he didn't say, I saw a vision of my future. He said, I saw visions of God. Get ready to see God like you've never seen him before. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Listen to it. Now unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I appear to them as the Lord Almighty. But you shall know me as Jehovah. Boy, they missed that, you know. They knew me as the Lord Almighty. You going to know me in the expression of the Lord Jehovah. They needed me to be the Lord Almighty. You need me to be the Lord Jehovah which means El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Sikhanu, Jehovah Rapha. You're going to know me as Jehovah. Many of you have known him as a healer, but you've not met him as a warrior. Many of you have known him as a lover. You've never met him as a provider. Don't ever limit God to the category of your own emotional perspective because God is multifaceted in his nature. In other words, someone asked me, what is God to you? Who is God to you? And I told them he's just what I need when I need it. God is like a diamond. When you turn him around, you see a different color, a different expression. He is multifaceted in your nature. Some of you do not need him as a judge right now because if he judged you, you would be written off. You need to know him as a merciful father right now. Oh, Lord, help these folks get this thing. It's an interesting study, visions of God means perspectives through mirrors. Visions of God. Some of you are going to take a spiritual mirror today and you're going to look back in your rear view mirror and you're going to say, my God, you kept me through that? Wait a minute, you brought me through that addiction? You delivered me from that pain? You healed me from that disease? You've done all that? Somebody get a mirror out and look behind you and give God praise for every, y'all ain't giving God praise. I thought I was gonna have some church today. Look behind you and give God praise for every single thing he's ever done in your life. God, I thank you. I should be dead, but I'm alive. I should be in prison, but I'm free. I should be sick, but I'm healed. I should be lost, but I'm found. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and the quarry from which you were digged out. If he brought you from a mighty long way, 
I want you to take five sanctified seconds and praise him for the rear view mirror. Tell your neighbor, look in the mirror. Look back over your life and give God praise for everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pit, the pain, the problem. I thank you. Look in the mirror and see what he's done in your past. Put the mirror in your face. And look at yourself. Because I can promise you, your perspective of God is many times connected to your perspective of yourself. Get that mirror and look at it. Come on, pull it up there like you're looking at it. Everybody, 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 get it up there. Now look at yourself. Look at that mirror. And say these words. I am not a problem. You didn't say it with conviction. Say it. I am a purpose. I am on purpose. I am in purpose. All things work together for me because I am the call according to the purpose of God. I'm good. I'm going to make it. Matter of fact, I'm happy right now. I'm so happy that I'm going to take the mirror down and look at my neighbor and tell him I'm happy, happy, happy. If you were looking at your past over your shoulder, you look at yourself, everybody do this with me. Now, look in that mirror at your future. Your future is not in front of you, it's behind. Your future already happened before you stepped one day into it. Tell your neighbor, when I turn back around, I'm going to step into my prophetic future and I'm going to exit my historical past with all the pain, all the heartache, all the rejection, all the disappointment. All I can see is a bright, bright future. Tell your neighbor, can I borrow your sunglasses because my future's so bright. I saw visions of God. I saw it with clarity. I saw it with accuracy. I dare you. You can sit down. I dare you to do the exegesis. I ain't through preaching. Y'all shouting ain't going to make me stop. I'm going to preach this whole word, and I got 10 more minutes to do it. Listen to it. Visions of God, you will see him in a way you've never seen him before. Let's move forward. The second thing he saw 
Oh, God, help them get this one now. Please, Lord. What was the first thing he saw when the heavens opened? Y'all, y'all didn't hear it. I preached for 30 minutes on it. What the? What the? I'm going to ask you again. When the heavens opened, what is the first thing he saw? Thank you. Thank you. Somebody initiated, then it just reverberated. <laughs> I saw visions of God. Then he said, I saw the word coming expressly to me. Boy, don't miss that right there. Now, he didn't say I, did, I saw the word coming to me. He said, I saw the word coming expressly to me. It means with speed. I saw a personal word specifically for me. Do you know that a lot of people are going to hear this message today, but somebody's going to say, that's mine. Did you hear that right there? Pastor Rick, that word was specifically for me. Now, I don't know about him. I don't know about them, but that word was my word. When you read it in the Hebrew, it's a word of oversight, a word of insight, and a word of foresight. It came expressly to me. It gave me insight. I realized my oversight, and it gave me foresight. Oh, Lord. Can I tell you? That things are fast right now. Talk to me now. In a, you want to know something? Go to Google. Type it in. But Google can't touch AI. Some of y'all know that's the devil, or think it's the devil. Maybe it's the devil. Artificial intelligence. Some people think it's a curse. Some people think it's a blessing. Some people think it's the devil. Whatever, it's out there. I tell you one thing, when you type something in, it don't take as long as Google. It's right now. I typed in the other day, team roping. And I'm thinking, ain't no robot ever got on a horse. You can't tell me. You, you team roping. AI, and I read it. You know what scared me? Is it was totally accurate. Now, if you can get information that fast, in the day you live in, you can't afford to be praying, oh, God, give me a word. Give me a word, Lord. God, I need a word. Oh, God, I need a word. And Oh, God, will you ever give me a word, Lord? Send me a word. Can I tell you that God will never let AI be faster than him? Y'all just missed that. The internet will never be quicker than God himself. If you need it right now, you're going to need it. You're going to get it before you can type it in. How many of you have ever been to a place where you needed a word and you needed it? 
God spoke to me and said, I'm fixing to start revealing my word to my people so fast that before the enemy could ever get a hand on them, before the enemy could ever deceive them, before the enemy could ever touch them, they're going to receive a revelation about who they are, why they are. And it's going to come so fast, it's going to blow their mind. Here's the key. You got to move quickly. If you want him to move quickly, you have to move quick, quick. James said, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Y'all just missed that. God is saying, I dare you to make a move to me. Because the moment you move, the, I am all you. Do you remember the woman with the, with the crumb of bread? This ain't in my notes. The Bible says she moved quickly to the table. We got people sitting around the living room. And Jesus at the table with your sustenance. And you trying to think, should I go to church or not? The service you missed is the word you needed. You don't hear that kind of preaching no more. That's that old school preaching. Tell you, get your tail back in the house of God so you can get the word of God that you need in your life. So I'll prophesy to you. Please lift your hands. Please lift your hands. God is good. I decree and I declare over your life you're about to see God like you've never seen him. You're about to get visions of God like you've never seen God before. Woo! Lord, let them see you like they've never seen you in their life. Somebody please stir your spirit up. There's, there's a dullness trying to set in here. I ain't going to let it happen. Stir your spirit up, pray in the Holy Ghost just a minute. God trying to move in this place here. Don't you be the reason why he reserves it. Woo! I prophesy to you that you're about to see visions of God. You're going to see God in a way you've never seen him before. Number two. I prop Lift your hands. I prophesy to you and I decree and declare over your life that there's a word coming fast for you. It is specifically designed for you and your family. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost for 20 seconds. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost for 20 seconds. Stephanie, I need, I need you to get your purse or whatever you got and move over here and sit by Corey. Just move over here and sit back, Corey. I'm going to move some stuff around. That all right with y'all? Because I, I need some people that will help me engage this word up here. Amen. I'm trying to prophesy. Stop being a spectator. Stop speculating and start participating. Lean into it. Come on, church. Lean into it. I prophesy over you that you're about to see visions of God. Visions. Plural. I prophesy to you that there's a word coming specifically designed for you and your family and is coming fast. It's coming fast. You're not going to labor. You're not going to toil. God's going to speak and he's going to speak speedily. I'm going to conclude my message. When the heavens open, Ezekiel saw visions of God 
He saw the word coming expressly to him. Are you ready for the final one? He saw the hand of God. The hand of the Lord was there. Where? Under an open heaven. Under an open heaven, you see visions of God. Ooh, Lord. Under an open heaven, you see the word coming quick. Under an open heaven, you see the hand of God. He said the hand of the Lord was there. The hand of the Lord was upon me more than any other person and any other prophet in Scripture. Ezekiel said these words, and he said, he said it seven times in his prophecy. Are you ready? The hand of the Lord was upon me. You may be seated. I'm about to close. seeing if you want it because if you don't want it I'm ready to go home and eat some roast beef stop disengaging man ain't nobody tired of me in this building unless you was up all night I'm going to say it like them old cowboys said by God Catch a hold of it. I did not come in here to play tiddlywinks with you. Y'all used to these pastors and these preachers getting their messages out of little cute books from the bookstore that builds their churches on programs more than they do the word. Let me help you. This church is not a program-built church. If you like our children's department, we're happy. If you like our youth group, we happy. If you like all that, we, we good. But that's not the most important thing to me. The most important thing to me is people come in this building hungry for the word of God. A message from heaven. Now, I have toiled all night for this word. Amen. Tell your neighbor I'm about to lean in and get this now. The hand of the Lord was upon me hand of the Lord was upon me. Heaven open, And I saw visions of God. And the word of the Lord came expressly to me. Me. To me. I don't know about the other captives, but I got mine. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. Oh yeah. Seven times. One time in Ezekiel chapter 3 he's going to say the hand of the Lord was strong on me. In verse 22 the hand of the Lord was there on me. Ezekiel 8 1. The hand of the Lord God fell on me. Ezekiel 33. The hand of the Lord got a hold of me in the evening. You don't know when it's coming, baby. But when the hand of God decides to get on you, 
It might be in your car. It might be in your living room. It might be in the church. But when God says, I'm about to touch you, he's going to touch you. I don't know if you've ever felt him going down the road in your car where you had to pull over in a parking lot and start worshiping him. But that kind of experience is coming to God's people. Heaven is open. And his hand is about to touch you. He said, the hand of the Lord, and I'm done. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Oh, I want to come down there so bad. I can't hardly stand it. Are you getting this here? Come over here then. The hand of the Lord. Ezekiel 37. Carried me. I just missed that. The hand of the Lord did what? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had the revelation that you wasn't carrying yourself. I don't know if you've ever really seen it for what it is. But I came by to tell you God has been carrying you when you could not carry yourself. He's been carrying your family, carrying your kids, carrying you through problems, carrying you through confusion, carrying you through pain. The hand of the Lord carried me. Watch. And he brought me to a valley that was full of dry bones. And he said, with my hand upon you, Ezekiel prophesied. Prophesy to these bones that are separated. And I began to prophesy. And bone came to bone. And they were connected to the right place. He said, and prophesy again. And so I prophesied. As his hand was upon me and sinew came upon them bones. And then flesh covered the sinew and the bone. But there was no breath in them. But the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he said, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the wind from the north, south, east, and west. And tell it to blow. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And the wind began to blow on everything that was separated. And everything that had no life. And breath came into their lungs. The pneuma of God blew upon what was dead and separated and it rose up a great army. Can I help you? You're dealing with stuff that has fallen apart. It'll never come back together till you get the hand of God on you. Let's stand. I remember my sister Connie, Madeline's grandmother, was the first one got saved in our family. I was 15. Young people don't do what I'm about to say. But at 15, there ain't much I like more than smoking weed. Just telling you the truth. And my compadre was my brother Randy. He was an evil influence. <laughs> and on a Wednesday night, Old one up in them strawberry papers. 
We didn't roll no pen joints. We rolled big old logs. We smoked that. And we laughed till we got sober. We went to the church parking lot because my sister Connie, every time she would come in the house, she would point her finger at us and she would say, Ricky, Randy, give your life to Jesus Christ. And she knew we was going to run. And the next thing she heard was that screen door slapping that frame as we run out the back of the house. One day she walked in and she started crying and she said, I'm begging you. Give your life to Jesus. That night, we went to church. We sat in the back. Way back. The preacher said, lift your hands. 2,500 people on a Wednesday night. We lifted our hands. We're just looking forward. He said, close your eyes. Closed our eyes. And they were singing, I surrender on. And I'm not hinting to you. Don't, don't play I surrender. Watch this. Suddenly, I felt the hand the size of my back, all five fingers on my back, and it was hot. It was really hot. And it jolted me, and I looked at my brother, and he's crying. And I said, Randy, did you just put your hand on my back? He said, no, bro. He said, I thought you put your hand on my back. I said, that's the biggest hand I've ever felt. And then I heard the preacher say, some of you in this building right now, the hand of God is touching. We jolted. In the old church, we called it bucket. And he said, come down here right now. Oh, I could cry thinking about it. And give your life to Jesus. Boy, we didn't even look at each other. We was trotting. We got to the altar. He led us all through the sinner's prayer. We got the whole deal in one night. In that church there, you got saved, baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost all at one time. If you didn't, you wasn't complete. So they baptize you, expect you to come up speaking in tongues. And if you didn't, and they helping you in your ear, tie my bow tie, crank my Honda, crank my Honda. But the Holy Ghost fell on us. I could not control my mouth. We walked to that prayer room, and I could feel that hand pushing me. It wouldn't get off my back. Can I tell you this morning just real quick how many times I've prayed saw heaven open see visions of God get a word and feel his hand carry me lift your hands saints I prophesy to you that you are about to experience the hand of God like you've never experienced it before the hand of God represents his power the hand of God represents his provision. The hand of God represents his purpose. It represents his involvement. It represents his activity in your life. The hand of God 
will strengthen you. Ezra says, chapter 7, keep those hands up, verse 28. I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God touched me. I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord, somebody praying in the Holy Ghost, I see you, touched me. Some of you have not felt his hand in so long, you've forgotten what it feels like. Saints, we've got to get back to God. We've got to get this vertical thing working again. We've got to start looking for open heavens. We've got to start seeing visions of God. We have to start getting a word and getting it quick. And we have to realize that the hand of God is carrying us. God told me to write these words, and I'm going to read them to you. The hand of God will prevail over your problems. The hand of God will make you stronger than you've ever been. The hand of God is about to give you courage you've never enjoyed. The hand of God is about to make you firm and resolute in your faith. The hand of God is going to reinforce your call. The hand of God is going to fortify your faith. The hand of God is going to galvanize your purpose. The hand of God is going to give you the support you need. And the hand of God is going to carry you to what you are called to be in this earth. Now, I'm not going to play with you. If this word is your word, come to this altar right now. And just make a move. You say, Pastor Rick, I needed this word today. This was my word specifically, expressly. This was my word. Hallelujah. I speak open heaven. Now, when you get here, I'm going to decree and declare and prophesy. I'm going to apostolically announce over your life an open heaven. But I'm not going to do it till you get down here. I want you to be close enough to the altar to receive it. I'm going to decree and declare an open heaven over you and your family, which means heavenly privilege, heavenly access, heavenly provision. But I ain't going to do it for everybody. I'm going to do it for the people that want this word. I want hungry people in this altar. I want hungry people.